genocide, it's a genocide. Yo, all they do is lie about Palestine Dehumanize lives to justify war crimes 75 years of occupation, now it's extermination Ooh we live on our news feeds A holocaust in real time and some are talking both sides Opinions left and right, while children are left to die From war to rockets, it's a racket That stabilized the debt market Ask a million dead Iraqis Preguntale a los palestinos a los sirios, a los hijos de los desaparecidos Ask the mother of the child bombed to smithereens Ask the man who lost his strength to the military machine Green back, backed up by the arms in the street Best believe, blow back, or we'll go beyond the Middle East Hit the streets of America, ka 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 Sunsets on the empire, ojalá yeah. Genocide, it's a genocide, complex making profits apartheid settler colonialism millions of people in an open-air prison gotta be real we can't call it a war when the scales are unequal i'm on the side of the poor who got no water no medical supplies no electricity i'm getting sick of all the lies corporate media western propaganda in ferguson i learned to organize con la ganga Rest in power to the comrade Bassam. Palestinians gave us glasses to deal with tear gases. Shots to the eyes, they shot hundreds in Chile. Trained by IDF to control my village. They monopolized the violence, monopolized the narrative. Free Palestina and the moment is imperative. Shots to my relatives, gotta sing my song. Cause they be killing us just for way too long. Yo, Gaza resiste, no hay paz sin justicia Si el pan no nos rinde a luchar con el rifle This is coming your way Blackouts every day, food rations, kids going hungry Not a doomsday professor But if we know the settlers, they won't let up Till we all in the ghettos Gaza tight prisons for all in opposition Stand up now, homie, this just the beginning Crisis in the dollar, realign the world powers War the only way they resolve they problems Call us animals, call us savage Grant safe passage, then bomb those processions Shady villains, they not capable of agreements No negotiations but it's so Gaza Resist. If your existence is resistance, it's a fight for your life. Time we all get the message and unite. Stop this genocide. It's a genocide. 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 Genocide. It's a And that was 1-800-GENOCIDE PEOPLE'S REMIX by Rebel Diaz. It's October 27, 2023. This is Polyrical. You can find more information at polyrical.com. I'm listening to bombs 
and missiles and artillery rain down on Gaza as Israel steps up its genocide of the Palestinians in Gaza, of the more than a million refugees, of the 2.3 million total residents in Gaza, what some call an open-air prison, but is more of a concentration camp, fully controlled by Israel since 1967, blockaded by Israel for the last 16, 17 years, and for the last 19 days or so, electricity, water, food have been shut off, fuel, nothing going in, except for a couple of token token uh, deliveries that have for sure kept a few people alive, kept a few people fed, but of, of 2.3 million people, you know, 20 or 40 or 80 trucks over a couple days is not enough before this escalation of the genocide Gaza was being supplied with 500 trucks of goods a day people are dying at an alarming rate and tonight Israel is is stepping up that rate speeding up that rate this whole episode will be songs about Gaza couple of spoken pieces it's tough to to know that a genocide's going on and and you have limited ability to make an impact but you know you have to do whatever it is that you can to have an impact so this is one of the few things i can do is share information uh maybe inspire maybe educate but know that the world has failed Israel and the United States and the UK and the EU all who all of whom are in enormous support of this genocide and are funding it and are sending the weapons as they always have propped up Israel despite much of the rest of the world condemning Israel repeatedly for its occupation of Palestine, of the West Bank, of the Gaza Strip, of the Golan Heights, of occupied East Jerusalem. Here is Jorge Estrada from the Save Gaza compilation. This is Child's In Flame.
a downgraded my class status from citizen to subhuman savage. It's hard to fathom, but even harder to manage. I'm a second class citizen in the land of my origin. Forced to forage in a brutal reality that's devoid of humanity. Put some semblance of sanity where truth is profanity. And in all actuality, my right to life is considered a travesty. We can't even bury friends without the threat of the military showing up to carry out the vendetta. A policy of extermination against an indigenous population that's been fighting for emancipation. You wanna end the violence and end the occupation. You wanna see defiance and deny us liberation. This is a war-torn Palestine. What type of fire gets showered from Israeli watchtowers? This is for Haifa. This is for Rafa. This is for Gaza. This is for Balata. This is for Tarek. This is for Bashir. This is for Mahmoud. This is for Ta'ir. This is for Fatma, who was only seven as a man shot dead in school at the age of 11. What would you do if you were under occupation? Let them take your freedom or fight for liberation. Come on, only the freedom fighters of the Intifada fighting for freedom today, cause they might not be a tomorrow now. Only the freedom fighters of the Intifada fighting for freedom today, cause they might not be a tomorrow now. Give me liberty or death, cause I'd rather go out on my feet than on my knees when I take my last breath. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Fighting Zionist depression doesn't make you anti-Semitic. They say our people won't ever live as one. They say this fight won't ever be done. They say our rights can't ever be won. They say this war won't be undone. They said our people couldn't make it this far. I say they don't know who we are. They say a lot of things, but they only say that mess because they fear the change of organized power brings. We gotta keep it together so we can resist the pressure by ever organizing to counter oppression. So whatever the seventh, the main vein that helps us maintain the state, and in a fight to make change. Don't let your tax dollars go to making people holler, killing off our future scholars with the patchy helicopters. Stop that from this racist regime until it redeems the dreams of those that killed midstream. Son of Nun and DJ Crimson from the album Blood and Fire. That was Free Palestine. Here's a piece that I wrote, published at movingtrainmedia.com. Bombing Philly. As of October 24, Israel has dropped over 8,000 bombs on Gaza, which is about the size of Philadelphia. Many of us remember the destruction in Philadelphia when the police dropped one bomb back in 1985 on MOVE and destroyed 60 homes. 
Imagine 8,000 bombs on Philadelphia. And imagine a wall around Philadelphia and a blockade that prevents anyone from leaving without special permits and permission. Imagine hostile warships patrolling the Delaware River and the Philadelphia airport destroyed and airspace controlled. And imagine no power, no electricity, no properly supplied and functional hospitals. Imagine being told to evacuate North Philadelphia because it will not be safe for you to stay there as the bombing happens and to go to the South where you'll be safe. And then being bombed on the road to the South and then being bombed in the home or the school or the hospital you sought refuge in in South Philadelphia. And imagine surviving that bombing and being taken to the hospital where the doctors try frantically to stabilize you and operate on you to save your life on the hospital floor in a hallway without anesthesia or water or electricity or where they tell you you're going to die now and they hold your hand for only a minute because they have to go and see if they can save the life of the next victim. And imagine this latest violence is on top of a history of bombing and destruction occurring every two to five years. Imagine being 25 and having survived five wars of aggression from the military occupying and controlling your city. The same military force that drove your grandparents off the land and out of the home that they and their ancestors lived in for centuries. Imagine living with them and their trauma and with the generational and original trauma you are experiencing now. How would you feel? How would you want to respond? How much oppression can you endure? Gazans don't have to imagine this. All of them are living it. And thousands of them are being murdered as we watch. From the album 2021, which was the year of one of the previous major bombings of Gaza from Israel, this is Matthew Gonsiorik with Gaza.
I'm gonna break a blockade, I'm gonna sail at Gaza Bay. Sail at Gaza Bay. You gotta take a stand. You gotta be a man. You gotta be the woman who demands freedom on the land. Freedom on the land. I'm gonna light the dark. I'm gonna sit up and bark. I'm gonna build an ark.
What are the policy options? There are a number. A narrow policy option from the beginning was to follow the advice of uh, really far out radicals like the Pope and, uh, <laughs> uh, and Vatican immediately said, look, it's a horrible terrorist crime. In the case of a crime, you try to find the perpetrators, you bring them to justice, you try them, you don't kill innocent civilians. Like if somebody robs my house and I think the guy who did it is probably in a neighborhood across the street, I don't go out with an assault rifle and kill everybody in that neighborhood. You know, that's not the way you deal with a crime, whether it's a small crime like this one or a really massive one like the U.S. terrorist war against Nicaragua and even worse ones and others in between. And there are plenty of precedents for that. In fact, I mentioned the precedent, Nicaragua law-abiding state, which is why, presumably why we had to destroy it, which followed the right principles. Now, of course, it didn't get anywhere uh, because it was running up against a power that wouldn't allow uh, lawful procedures to be followed. But if the United States tried to pursue them, nobody would stop it. In fact, everyone would applaud. And there are plenty of other precedents. Uh, when the IRA set off bombs in London, which was a pretty serious business, apart from the fact that it was unfeasible, let's put that aside, uh, one possible response would have been to destroy Boston, which is the source of most of the financing, uh, and of course to wipe out West Belfast. Well, you know, quite apart from feasibility, it would have been criminal idiocy. The way to deal with it was pretty much what they did. You know, find the perpetrators, bring them to trial, and look for the reasons. Because these things don't come out of nowhere. You know, they come out of something. Uh, and whether it's a crime in the streets or a monstrous terrorist crime or anything else, there's reasons. And usually if you look at the reasons, there are, some of them are legitimate uh, and ought to be addressed independently of the crime. They ought to be addressed because they're legitimate. And that's the way you deal with it.
the history of the world is always the history of weak people fighting strong people. Of weak people who has a correct case fighting strong people who use their strength to exploit the weak. movement fighting for justice. Well, whatever it might be best called. It's not whatever, because this is where the problems start. This is exactly where the problems start. This is a people who is discriminated, is fighting for his rights. This is a story.
that what makes sense of human lives stays the same.
Palestine, tomorrow will be free. Palestine, tomorrow will be free.
My name is Arkanda Wood. Um, I'm from Gaza City. I've been born in Iraq. Um, lived in Palestine for my whole life for 23 years before coming here. Um, I'm not a survivor of any Holocaust or whatever they call any survivor stories that people be always talking about. Um, I'm just a survivor of three barbarian wars, wars on, on Palestine, Gaza Strip especially. Um, I've lost a lot of family members. I've lost two homes. I've lost close friends. I've lost a lot of beloved people and things that I've been living with and I used to live with. إنك تكون فلسطيني ومن غزة أو من الضفة الغربية قصة ما أعتقد إنه كثير منا سمع عنها أو عاشها الفلسطيني وين ما راح متبهدل على المطار في بيته في سكنه في شغله في طلعته وفي نزلته في كل ناحية من مناحي الحياة أنا انولدت على حرب الخليج خسرت أختي الصغيرة وهي بأحضان أمي انتقلنا للعيش في قطاع غزة كان أسوأ من أي ما كنا نتصور فعما اعتقدنا أن تفخية أوسلو المزعومة إنها رح تحل شيء بس لكن ما حلت أي شيء الوضع زاد سوء من سنة لسنة أخرى رواتب ما فيش كهرباء ما فيش معبر ما في ميناء ما في صيد ما في مطار ما في كله تدمر الناس صارت تعيش على الحياة اليومية على رغيف الخبز بطلت تدور على أقصى بطلت تدور على فلسطين بطلت تدور على حدود بطلت تدور على 48 بطلت تدور على 67 كل واحد همه في ابني في أخويا في أهلي وفي عائلتي لأنه هذه استراتيجية الاحتلال بيتبعها لتشريد ولتهويد القدس تهويد فلسطين وتهويد غزة ولكن بعد الثلاث مجازر والحروب اللي استعملها على غزة وحقل التجارب اللي استعملوا في غزة اللي بعد كل حرب السنة اللي بعدها يوجد معرض للأسلحة في بلدان مختلفة من العالم وإحنا فئران التجارب في غزة ولكن بعد فشل الاحتلال في إخضاع سكان قطاع غزة اتجه لسياسة أخرى وهي سياسة الخنق بخنق فيك بخنق فيك لمدة 11 سنة عشان في الآخر التوب تستسلم احكي انا ما ما بدي فلسطين انا ما بدي اقصى انا بس بدي اعيش بدي كهرباء بدل اربع ساعات وثلاث ساعات في اليوم بدي ثمان ساعات في اليوم صارت الناس حقيقيا على الفيسبوك على الاخبار في الشارع تساله ايش 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 هدفك في الحياه قال راتب ألف شيكل اللي هو 200 دولار في الشهر اللي ما بكفي طعمي كلب بعيد عن السمعين وكهرباء 
او موتور يشغل لي الثلاجه ويشغل لي الميكروويف ويشغل لي هذا انا لما كنت عايش في قطاع غزه حياتي صارت مجدوله على شغلتين على الجامعه وعلى الكهرباء او المدرسه وعلى الكهرباء لما بدي ادرس بصحى الساعه 2 بالليل لانه عارف الساعه 2 بالليل في عندي جدول حتيجي الكهرباء من الساعه 2 للساعه 5 الصبح نصلي الفجر وبندرس هالساعتين وبننام بنصحى بنروح على الجامعه بنروح بننام بس انا الكهرباء متى حتيجي 8 او 2 او بنطلع على الكافي شوبس 4 5 6 7 ايام بنام برا البيت انا واصحابي او بننام في كافي شوب لانه الكافي شوب هو المكان الوحيد اللي بيقدر يتحمل مصاريف الكهرباء ويتحمل مصاريف الغاز ويتحمل مصاريف الماتور عن طريق المشروبات والطلبات اللي بتطلبها ولكن لامتى طب انا طلعت من هناك والحمد لله عايش حياه احسن وافضل بألف مره من الحياه اللي كنت فيها بس في عندي ناس في اهل في اصحاب لليوم بيعانوا انا بعتقد انه الحل الوحيد ان الشعب العربي ما ينسى انه قضيه الفلسطينيه هي قضيه كل الشعوب وهي قضيه تاريخيه منذ الازل والمسجد الاقصى مش مسجدنا بس مش مسجد فلسطين مسجد الاقصى مسجد كل المسلمين زيها زي الكعبه وهذا الاشي ان كل الناس مستغفل عنه المسجد الاقصى مش بس للفلسطينيين مش بس لاهل المقدس المسجد الاقصى لنا كلنا فلسطين مش بس للفلسطينيه فلسطين ارض المهد سيدنا المسيح انولد هناك الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم اسرى للسماوات من من فلسطين لامتى بدنا نضلنا هيك اذا الشعب العربي ضل متفكك لهاي رح نوصل لمواقف افظع واشنع بكثير من المواقف اللي احنا فيها في النهايه بس بحب اوجه رسالتي لكل الناس اللي بحبهم في حياتي واهلي وجيراني كل حدا بعز عليا بحب احكي لهم انه ربنا كبير وربنا ما بينسى حدا بس وان شاء الله ربنا يفرجها عليا وعلى اهلي وعلى اصدقائي وعلى كل شعبنا الفلسطيني يا رب spent the duration of the two-month 2014 Zionist assault on Gaza between New York and Lebanon and recall the massive displays of support and solidarity um, for Palestine that summer. It was uplifting to see at an otherwise heartbreaking and frustrating time. As had been the case regularly before the assault, Israel spent that summer acting with complete impunity as it massacred everything it could get its hands on and collectively punished Palestinians merely for existing. In Lebanon, the atrocities of the Zionists are remembered by all of us who were directly or indirectly impacted by their attacks on our country. Whether it was the tens of thousands who perished during the Israeli invasion of 1982 and its subsequent occupation, the victims of the massacre of Kana, the victims of the Khiam Detention Center, or the victims of uh, Harib Tammuz, the, the 2006 July War. 
In Lebanon has seen the cowardice and evilness of the Zionists for so long that we cannot do anything short of giving our absolute, complete, unconditional, and sincere support to the Palestinians as they resist an occupation that seeks to dehumanize them on a daily basis. The first thought many of us have whenever we see a dead child in Gaza is of a dead child in, in southern Lebanon. Many of us know Palestine and Lebanon to be one, both in struggle and in resistance. And those of us with these anti-imperialist and anti-colonialist frameworks saw the 2014 assault as only reaffirming our bond and oneness, and we were able to link the assault to other conflicts that had been fuming in the Middle East. It's for that reason that I believe that Lebanon was steadfast in its support for Palestine. There were regular protests in support of Gaza, fiery speeches from the leaders of the resistance and leaders of the grassroots movements, demands to remove the items of pro-Israeli companies from Lebanese shelves, and, you know, some other acts of, of solidarity and support. In the Rausha area of Beirut, on the famous rock in the sea, I, I recall there was a list of every name that had been martyred in Gaza. And it was announced that a ceasefire had been reached. I recall the celebratory gunshots and fireworks that could be heard coming from southern Beirut as, despite the massive amounts of damage, you know, Gaza had survived and the IDF was forced to retreat. There were little children waving Palestinian flags, and if so many of us weren't too angry to express anything but anger, we, we honestly could have broken down and started crying tears of joy at the sight that the struggle and resistance continues from generation to generation. The resiliency of the Palestinian people is awe-inspiring, and they, they remain our greatest heroes, and any victory for any of us in, in the region is a victory we attribute first and foremost to the fighting spirit of Palestine. The war in 2014 was important because it shows us the lengths that the colonizers are willing to go. What happened in 2014 wasn't new or exceptional in comparison to the history of the Palestinian people since long before 2014 and even long before 1948. But in 2014, a European supremacist state massacred over 2,000 human beings and got away with it. There were no sanctions, there was no meaningful international declarations, there was no stoppage of weapon shipments or military aid and there was little relative damage to the Zionist project in international world opinion. 2014 was important because it shows how a settler outpost survives in indigenous land. The F-16s that flattened Palestinian homes, mosques, schools, refugee camps, beaches, and lives were designed and paid for by the United States. During the war, Israel ran out of 120 millimeter mortar rounds after a month and a half of bombardment. So they simply asked the United States to give them more, and they did. This isn't so different from the war in 1973, when the Arab armies had the chance to defeat the Israeli military in battle, and the Israelis received last-minute military equipment that enabled them to destroy the Arab armies from the United States. After the massacre in Gaza, the Zionists received a pay raise, from $3 billion a year to $5 billion. And then the next year, in 2016, a $40 billion aid package was signed from its imperialist caretakers, the United States of America. 2014 was important because it shows us that Israel cannot exist without U.S. imperialism. And without that lifeline, the Palestinian people will have greater room to grow a revolutionary movement for national liberation and self-determination. Without that lifeline, Israel won't be able to restock its 120mm mortars. It shows us our responsibility to fight living within the imperialist countries. It shows us our struggle inside the empire has a material, meaningful impact on liberation struggles all around the world from Palestine to the Philippines to Kashmir 
to the Western Sahara, to Korea, and to Venezuela. My name is Fatin, and I'm from the outskirts of the city of Nablus in the West Bank. And uh, when I think of the 2014 assault on Gaza that lasted for 51 days, I think about my friends who are here, who uh, often think of their families home in Gaza. I have several friends who are in New York and or nearby within the United States, for example, and um, or beyond. And I see, you know, that there seem to be in constant worry about the next assault on Gaza. They, they know better than me, but I often tell myself that, you know, that it can't be that it's that bad where they're constantly thinking about it this way. They're constantly anticipating something new to happen, as if it's like clockwork. I might be naive. I don't have family in Gaza. What I have is friends who have family in Gaza. But uh, it's uh, it must be very difficult to to be in that situation. We hear every now and then that there's been some kind of attack on Gaza, whether it's um, quote-unquote small, relatively speaking, uh, where somebody was wounded, somebody was injured, a fisherman was targeted, um, somebody on land was targeted, a casualty here and there, somebody who died because of their wounds that were inflicted from 2014 or earlier on. And um, unfortunately, it's become almost normal to hear these stories, just the same way we hear stories here about police violence. It's very unfortunate that it's become something normal. And people really only pay attention when there's a massive assault in a bigger scale. I have a Facebook friend who, on a daily basis, uh, posts the name of someone who passed away, who was martyred in Gaza, especially in 2014. And every day it's a new name, it's a new person, it's a new life, it's a new soul that has left us um, in 2014. And it's just unbelievable that so many people, you know, are gone because of what happened. Um, and we're talking about the span of 51 days that are just unimaginable to many of us. Um, I don't know. It's just, I just hope that my friends are safe and their families are safe and that there is no further assault, that we continue to work for the betterment of our people for the liberation of all of our people. In Gaza, it's 
very different from the rest of uh, Palestine because it really does feel like it's very isolated and very closed off from the rest of uh, Palestine. In Palestine, outside of Gaza, people can, not with a 100% ease, but we can manage to meet each other. Maybe people from 48 can come to the West Bank and meet up with um, others in the West Bank. Jerusalem, same thing. West Bank folks don't have easy access to Jerusalem and 48. But you know, they'd have to leave Palestine for the most part in order to meet other Palestinians. We just have to work hard on the liberation of all of Palestine and, and to lift up the voices of the people of Gaza who really need it. think of why it's important to recenter Gaza when talking about Palestinian liberation. I'm always reminded of Mahmoud Darwish's poem, Silence for Gaza. And um, I think I could talk till the cows come home about how I feel about the place. I was lucky enough to visit in 2012 um, and spend some time with some very very amazing people there who are now count as my brothers. Um, I've been lucky enough to meet Gazan Palestinians who now live outside of the country and I could talk about my experiences with them. But I think uh, this poem by Mahmoud Darwish called Silence for Gaza really captures everything about the Strip, the Gaza Strip, the fear that it stokes within Zionists and the hope and inspiration that it provides not only to Palestinians in 48 lands and in the West Bank, but to people everywhere fighting oppression, colonialism and imperialism. Silence for Gaza by Mahmoud Dawish. Gaza is far from its relatives and close to its enemies, because whenever Gaza explodes, it becomes an island and it never stops exploding. It scratched the enemy's face broke his dreams and stopped his satisfaction with time. Because in Gaza time is something different. Because in Gaza time is not a neutral element. It does not compel people to cool contemplation, but rather to explosion and a collision with reality. Time there does not take children from childhood to old age, but rather makes them men in their first confrontation with the enemy. Time in Gaza is not relaxation, but storming the burning noon, because in Gaza, values are different, different, different. The only value for the occupied is the extent of his resistance to occupation. That is the only competition there. Gaza has been addicted to knowing this cruel, noble value. It did not learn it from books, hasty school seminars, loud propaganda megaphones or songs. It learned it through experience alone and through work that is not done for advertisement and image. Gaza has no throat. Its pores are the ones that speak and sweat blood and fires. Hence the enemy hates it to death and fears it to criminality and tries to sink it into the sea, the desert or blood. And hence its relatives and friends love it 
of a coyness that amounts to jealousy and fear at times, because Gaza is the brutal lesson and the shining example for friends, enemies alike. Gaza is not the most beautiful city. Its shores are not bluer than the shores of other Arab cities. Its oranges are not the most beautiful in the Mediterranean basin. Gaza is not the richest city. It is not the most elegant or the biggest, but it equals the history of an entire homeland because it is more ugly, impoverished, miserable and vicious in the eyes of its enemies, because it is the most capable among us of disturbing the enemy's mood and his comfort, because it is his nightmare, because it is mind oranges, children without a childhood, old men without old age and women without desires, because of all of it, it is most beautiful, the purest and richest among us and the one most worthy of love. We do injustice to Gaza when we look for its poems, so let us not disfigure Gaza's beauty. What is most beautiful in it is that it is devoid of poetry at a time when we tried to triumph over the enemy with poems, so we believed ourselves and were overjoyed to see the enemy letting us sing. We let him triumph, then we dried our lips of poems. We saw that the enemy had finished building cities, forts and streets. We do injustice to Gaza when we turn it into a myth because we will hate it when we discover that it is no more than a small, poor city that resists. We do injustice when we wonder, what made it into a myth? If we had dignity, we would break all our mirrors and cry or curse if we were to refuse to revolt against ourselves. We do injustice to Gaza if we glorify it, because being enchanted by it will take us to the edge of waiting and Gaza doesn't come to us. Gaza does not liberate us. Gaza has no horses, airplanes, magic wands, or offices in capital cities. Gaza liberates itself from our attributes and liberates our language from its Gazas at the same time. When we meet it in a dream, perhaps it won't recognize us because Gaza was born out of fire while we were born out of waiting and crying over abandoned homes. It is true that Gaza has its special circumstances and its own revolutionary traditions. But its secret is not a mystery. Its resistance is popular and firmly joined together and knows what it wants. It wants to expel the enemy out of its clothes. The relationship of resistance to the people is that of skin to bones and not a teacher to students. Resistance in Gaza did not turn into a profession or an institution. It did not accept anyone's tutelage and did not leave its fate hinging on anyone's signature or stamp. It does not care that much if we know its name, picture or eloquence. It did not believe that it was material for media. It did not prepare for cameras and did not put smiling paste on its face. Neither does it want that, nor we. Hence Gaza is bad business for merchants and hence Gaza is incomparable moral treasure for Arabs. What is beautiful about Gaza is that our voices do not reach it. Nothing distracts it. Nothing takes its fist away from the enemy's face. Not the forms of the Palestinian state we will establish, whether on the eastern side of the moon or the western side of Mars when it exploded. Gaza is, devoid, is devoted to rejection, hunger and rejection, thirst and rejection, displacement and rejection, torture and rejection, siege and rejection, death and rejection. Enemies might triumph over Gaza, the storming sea might triumph over an island. They might chop down all its trees. They might break its bones. They might implant tanks on the insides of its children and women, 
they might throw it into the sea, sand or blood, but it will not repeat the lies and say yes to invaders. It will continue to explode. It is neither death nor suicide. It is Gaza's way of declaring that it deserves to live. It will continue to explode. It is neither death nor suicide. It is Gaza's way of declaring that it deserves to live.
try to describe it to a young person or to a visitor who got here five minutes ago to Earth and had no clue, how would you describe what the problem is here? They have entered the reality of the already dead who are just spending their lives waiting to die. The reality of the spiritually disconnected. This is the reality that seems to be prevalent. Remember the, the original dream? They no longer remember their ancestors or the teachings or the knowledge. There's big capitalist life. Big capitalist life. Got everybody walking, walking. Jobs that they hate. Believing is their fate. But nothing changes, not even the change in your pocket. So maybe it's time, time to change this rhyme. When did life become a crime? A dose of reality for this global insanity. A dose of reality for this dying humanity. I think we all need a dose of reality to bring us back to us. And when you look at the situations that, the conditions that we live in now, the way that the cancers of greed and, and war, the way that these viruses, these diseases have spread, reality. and everyone, and no one is really taking responsibility.
gonna say it again, capitalism sucks, so what the fuck? Is this the best that we can do? Cause when I put two and two together, things don't add up, so Master Money shut the hell up. Nothing changes, not even the change in your pocket, so maybe it's time, time to change this rhyme. When did life become a crime? A dose of reality For this global insanity A dose of reality For this dying humanity There are those that say we'll only be safe by technology And those that say we'll only be safe by theology I think we all need a dose of reality to bring us back to us, remember your birth. to their own descendants. No spiritual relationship to the past, the ancestry. No spiritual relationship to the ancestry in the shape of the future. When we leave as humans, we go back to being, being, human being. That really means something. But we live in a reality now, we're in a time where I would say to anyone, you know, protect your spirit. <laughs> Protect your spirit because, because you're in the place where spirits get eaten. Protect your spirit. Protect your spirit. Protect your spirit. Protect your spirit.
just in Gaza And there's war around the street Breakfast in Gaza But there's nothing here to eat There's a crackle of machine gun fire The barking of a dog And I can't find my conscience In this phosphorescent fog From my bedroom I can see the stars But there's murder in the air A random shell through the house to hell So keep your head right down Keep your head right down It's breakfast in Gaza Breakfast in Gaza Invaders on the loose Rope shots have killed the neighbors And the chickens have all flown And the message from the outside Witnessing genocide. What we are witnessing, if we are paying attention, is an escalation of the ongoing genocide of the Palestinian people by the state of Israel. It is the same overarching story of settler colonialism, like the genocides committed by settlers in the U.S., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, many other nations, as they were formed and grew through the displacement of the indigenous peoples of those lands. After murder and displacement and the destruction of hundreds of communities of Palestinian Arabs, after the invasion and occupation of neighboring nations, after the broad settlement of Israelis on occupied lands, after harassment and sabotage and violence against the indigenous by settlers forced more of the indigenous residents to abandon their land, after several previous mass bombings of Gaza, 
after the imposition of apartheid laws in Israel against Arabs. After the bulldozing of homes and infrastructure and ongoing depopulation and displacement, we now have more bombing of Gaza, more genocide, more murder of people, more collective punishment. And the world watches. And some cheerlead and excuse the genocide and materially support Israel in its actions. And the U.S. blocks a mild Security Council resolution calling for restraint and sends more weapons, more tools of genocide to carry out the elimination and displacement of people previously restricted to a concentration camp disguised as a city. Full of refugees and the children of refugees, and the children of the children of refugees. And some shout and some whisper, stop. And some march and talk and write and teach and learn and speak. And we look for any lever, any button, any means to slow the genocide. And there are too few levers. So we go about the difficult task of building the levers, of finding the cracks in the facade and desperately by hammer and pen and keyboard and placard and speech and fingernail, apply pressure to those cracks, to chip away, to reveal the truth, to develop a new understanding of the reality under the facade. Exposing genocide is a first step to ending genocide. How we get from genocide to post-genocide, to reconciliation, to freedom, is a tough path but not an untrodden path. There are many on it already. Truth and reconciliation, reparations, right of return, land back. It is of course for the victims to determine what the appropriate remedies are to begin to make them whole, but here are some general thoughts on what it will take to change the structural dynamics that underpin the oppression. Reparations for stolen land and homes and property, for denial of human rights and dignity, for denial of economic opportunity, for restriction of movement, for physical harm, for bombing and rocket fire, for deaths of family members, for emotional harm. Guarantees of freedom and recognition and respect for human rights. Physical freedom, equal access and treatment under the law, equity in education, economic opportunity, access to goods and services, ownership of property, right of return, and decolonization. How do we take steps in this direction? How do we make the cost of continuing genocide greater than the cost of ending it? The cost of perpetuating oppression greater than the cost of halting it? Or the cost of maintaining apartheid greater than the cost of dismantling it. Boycott, divestment, and sanctions on Israel, exposing Israeli apartheid and oppression so the public see the horrors and understand the dynamics of the relationship between the Israeli oppressor and the oppressed Palestinian. Globally shaming Israel for apartheid and violence until they understand that the cost of continuing the oppression and genocide is greater than the cost of ending it. Then working with all parties to restore recognition and protection of universal human rights and appropriate reparations for harms committed.
pre-Palestine.
Well, the war drums banging and the flags are waving. Everything is so complicated. The new thing is a deadly invasion with innocence dying and the death toll rising. The whole thing is fucking horrible. Yet somehow painted as inevitable. With cities flattened and people fleeing Lies are being told like they are something to believe in And now I'm sitting in your car Watching war crimes on my phone Wondering when they'll send in the drones I'm not sure if there's good guys and bad guys anymore who's getting paid and who they're rooting for i stand with the victims whoever they are and i'm again Feels like no one's even talking about peace And pretty soon the narrative shifts The news fades on the people who are suffering And ramps up on the weapons we are gathering The whole thing is fucking horrible Yet someone is benefiting from it all And it's probably worth considering That it's a fine day for Lockheed Martin And now I'm on my laptop Watching nuclear bombs explode Learning all about the fallout zone Not sure if this invasion is now a proxy war that feeds the rich on the blood of the poor. I stand with the victims wherever they are, and I'm again. Against killing and against invading Against doubling military spending Boots on the ground and drones in the sky Against corruption and media lies Against anyone who profits from death Against the military-industrial complex The end is either diplomatic Destruction of the whole entire planet Peace is what I'm standing for And I'm against the war oh. <laughs> 
يتكرر عنا يبعل عنا احنا هيك مش عايشين في امان احنا عايشين في حصار احنا لو متنا احسن هل لو متت ما شفت الشر الحياة اللي بتسمينا نتكتل احنا بنشوف كل الموت والاصابات وسرعه بس على التلفزيون ما لقيش الا تشريع جنازات ولا قصف ولا دبابات ما لقيش برامج تتسلى عليها ما لقيش صور متحركه ما لقيش برامج اتعلم منها كل تشريع جنازات ودبابات بس دبابات وطيارات ليش بسموا فينا هيك الشعب الاسرائيلي
was Al Kafea Arabea, Palestine, UK, by Shadia Mansour from the album 33 RPM Voices of the Revolution. That will just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical. You can follow Polyrical on collectiva.social. You can check out all the back episodes at polyrical.com. You can listen to this podcast and all my podcasts playing 24 7 at movingtrainradio.com. And from the album Haria for Gaza, this is Yara Aid from Gaza Speaking. Thanks for listening. My name is Yara Aid, and I grew up my whole life with my family in a refugee camp called El Brej in the Gaza Strip. This is the story of how 14 members of my close family were killed yesterday by Israeli bombs. A few days after the Israeli aggression started on Gaza, my whole neighborhood was completely destroyed. My family was really lucky that they survived and they escaped to seek refuge somewhere else. They split into two and my uncle Assam and his whole family went to their daughter's house in a Nusayrat camp. I hadn't spoken to my uncle Assam and his family and most of my relatives for that matter since the aggression started nine days ago. Since they were displaced, I haven't heard any news about them. Every day since I was reporting, I was terrified to find someone I know or a friend or a family member among the martyrs and the ones killed by Israel. Yesterday, my worst nightmare came true. I was reporting and I heard that their house they're staying at got bombed. I wasn't sure. I called my mom, shaking, trying to understand if it's my family or not. My mom's voice was breaking. I couldn't hear anything except screams and cries. It was true. Fourteen members of my immediate family have been killed. Israel does not warn civilians before they bomb their buildings as they claim to do so. A residential building containing four floors was completely bombed over the heads of my family. Israel is not only using missiles in this aggression, they're using weapons that are illegal, chemical weapons that are banned internationally. On my family's home, they used barrel bombs, which basically completely decimates the four-floor building. Every member of my family that was in that house was killed immediately because of the heavy bombardment they're using and how their sole purpose is to exterminate as many Palestinians as possible. Uncle Hassam, who's 67 years old, my dad's brother, was murdered in cold blood yesterday. He had dementia, he barely remembered anything about his life, but he was always smiling and telling me how much he loves me. Auntie Nahda, his wife, someone who really loved her life, was always so cheerful, was also murdered. Their two daughters and their entire families were killed. Samah, my cousin and her husband, and her three children were killed. Lara, Minna, and Layan, the youngest of them, three years old. The only one who survived is Hala, who's eight years old. She lost both her parents, grandparents, and three sisters, cousins, and aunts. She survived by a miracle as she was going to the pharmacy with her uncle Ashraf to get some medicine. In the same airstrike, Ashraf lost his wife, Hadil, and his only daughter, Zaina, who is only two years old. 
Tamara, my other cousin, and her four children, Minna, Farah, Hassoum, and Hamoud, were in the same house and were murdered. Their father in Sweden was desperately trying to evacuate them and get them out of Gaza. And despite Tamara and her four children being Swedish nationals, they were unable to leave and they were killed in cold blood. Most of my family members who were killed are still under the rubble. The firefighters and ambulances are unable to reach their area. And my cousins, the ones who are still alive, tried to literally dig for them by their bare hands. Uncle Isam has three other children who are abroad. They left because of the systematic killing and oppression of Palestinians to seek refuge somewhere else. And now they are not able to say their final goodbyes to their parents, their siblings, or their nieces. The rest of my family that are in Gaza right now are unable to say their goodbyes to my family members who were killed due to how dangerous it is to be moving. And even if they are able to go there, my family is literally cut into body parts and pieces and they're unrecognizable. This is just a story of my family. There are complete families being wiped off the civil registry in Gaza, complete families and neighborhoods obliterated. These are real people. These are civilians and children who are being murdered day by day. These people are not numbers. They had dreams, they had ambitions. They had so much love for life and for each other. All of my lovely memories are with my family in Gaza. These are the people who taught me what's the meaning of life. These are the people who taught me what's the meaning of being a Palestinian. These are the people who lived through so much and never gave up. These are real people. And these are humans. Humans are being murdered day by day. I cannot imagine how I would survive the next few years without my family by my side. And I cannot imagine what the rest of my family is going through. The sheer volume of the massacres that are being committed every single day meant that there, my family's massacre has not been reported on the news. And that's why I'm coming and I'm trying to talk about them. Please pray for my family. Please pray that I don't lose any more members of my close family or friends. Palestinians in Gaza are literally witnessing the worst days of their entire lives. Please talk about us. Please act now.